In this episode, the OEM certifications, uh, it is a, a culture change that your shop will experience, but it's an encouraging culture change and it needs to be embraced. Welcome. You're listening to the Collision Buzz podcast presented by Driven Brands, the largest automotive franchise organization in North America. Collision Buzz is a show that dives into the collision repair industry in support of the independent body shop owner. Each episode will feature guest leaders and operators from all aspects of the collision repair industry to discuss the challenges, solutions, and insights that have helped each week's guests in their journey to success. Stay tuned each month for new episodes to come. This episode has been brought to you by BASF Corporation, creating chemistry for a sustainable future. BASF combines economic success with environmental protection and social responsibility. More than 110,000 employees in the BASF group contribute to the success of customers in nearly all sectors and almost every country in the world. Driven Brands would like to thank BASF for their sponsorship of the Collision Buzz podcast. In support of Shine Season, a summer-long fundraising initiative to help fight cystic fibrosis, all sponsorship proceeds will be donated to the Driven Brands Collision charity of choice, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Welcome to the third episode of the Collision Buzz podcast. Coming to you from sunny San Diego, I am your host, Dennis O'Mahony, Vice President of Business Development for Fix Auto USA, part of the Driven Brands Collision Group. In today's episode, we will be focusing on embracing the OEM certification evolution and preparing for the future. We are honored to have three distinguished guests from different parts of the country today. First, from the great state of Minnesota, we have Jerry Katshadi who is the co-owner and CFO from Jerry's Abra Auto Body and Glass in Mankato. Jerry is the 39-year veteran of the collision repair industry with a host of experience working within the industry with the likes of Sika, NACE, and a host of insurer advisory panels. Jerry was also a founding member of WIN, the Women's Industry Network. Great to have you here today, Jerry. Sure, thank you. Also from the state of Washington, we have Pat Murray, who owns two car star locations, one in Port Orchard, Washington, and the other in Des Moines, Washington. Pat has over 41 years experience in the collision repair industry while opening his first shop with his brother in 1986. Donald Gray is from our backyard of Southern California, who oversees five Fix Auto USA locations with over $13 million in annual revenue. Don has a unique background, spending five years on the insurance company side before spending his last 16 years working in the body shop. Welcome, everyone. Don, Pat, Jerry. We're going to pass it back to each one of them to give a little bit more color on their background and industry history. Jerry, you want to go ahead and get us started? Thank you. It's nice to be part of this group talking about this topic that's important to me. We've been in business since 1971 with the same owner of Jerry starting it 50 years ago this year. We both have been involved heavily in the industry as far as chairing ASA and NACE. We have 34 employees, I believe, as of today in the shop. We're running an 18,000 square foot facility. Enjoy the industry. It doesn't seem like 39 years of being here. Glad to be a part of this and thank you for having me. Great. And we'll turn it over to Pat. You want to give us a little bit more color on your background? You betcha. Thanks, Dennis. And it's a pleasure to be here also. I started in this business as a sophomore in high school, and I knew that from the very first day that I went to work in a body shop that I wanted to have my own place. So I worked my way up through the paint shop, became a painter, learned management. And finally, one day in 1986, my brother and I decided to open our own place. And today we have two locations. Joining CarStar was definitely a big plus. 
we've always been involved in the industry with ASE and the old association that used to be here in the state of Washington was the Auto Body Craftsman Association. So always trying to stay involved and always trying to learn. That's it. Great. And uh, Donald, do you want to go ahead and give your background? Sure. Honored to be here. Thanks for including me. Started in this industry on the insurance side of things, working for a large insurance company and made a, a switch over to the body shop side of things about five years into my career. And just one of those things where it just really stuck. I like working with the people and got involved with the OEM certifications many years ago with some European uh, brands. And it's just kind of transcended into what we're going to talk about today, where it's being relevant in, in what we're doing and covering your behind on fixing these cars. Great. Thank you. You know, as we talk about OEM certifications and how it affects our business, I see four main components of the OE certification, right? What we're trying to accomplish with that. You've got how well people are trained. You've got the equipment requirements. You've also got the utilization of factory approved parts, and then you've got the factory approved procedures. How do you guys attack the OEM certification in your shops? And what is your overall business strategy when it comes to this in our industry? And I will go to Don, you can go ahead first. Well, that's uh, a whole lot of pieces to those questions that you asked there. I liken this in certain instances to the way that medical care is provided for you have different specialists for different things. You have a heart surgeon, a guy that does appendectomies, a knee surgeon, and you can look at that, in my opinion, across the board for a Tesla certified technician, GM, Honda, Acura. You know, as we expand into these vehicles, having all of this technology and requirements to fix them safely and properly, you have to start to specialize in certain things as opposed to yesteryear. We were taking on everything and, you know, you had the same technician fix in a Honda and a Toyota and a Mercedes and a BMW and as we move forward with the liability and fixing these cars, we're aiming to have more specialists. We've isolated our Tesla program, isolated different technicians for different makes and models so we can kind of space out that training. Because as you can imagine, you have a bunch of different OE certifications. You could at any point in the year have somebody involved in some type of training that's pulling them off the production line. And we've looked at the equipment purchases, what is going to satisfy multiple OEs with that purchase because the frame equipment, the aluminum repair stations, the welders, all the bits and pieces that you need to have, plus the OE specific tooling that they want you to have uh, can add up really quick. You got to look at what's going to be optimized for how many cars you're going to get and how much money you're putting into it. Marrying that up with the OEM procedures, those OEM procedures have money written all over them. If you have your repair planners focused on those specific types of vehicles and getting well acquainted with them, then they can go through there and substantiate what they're charging and why. So there's a lot of challenges with DRPs in that relationship, but it's also the documentation that goes into it can help you to be successful. It's certainly not an easy thing to master. There's a lot of good gold in those repair procedures that are going to help using that equipment and being able to follow the gospel of whatever car you're working on. Now, I noticed in your five locations, you have Tesla, Ford, GM, Honda, and Acura. How are you choosing which certifications to apply to either a location or across the business? As I started in this industry, I was in a very large shop that was European for BMW and Audi. And that's kind of where I got my feet wet with the OE certifications. And what I liked about the Audi portion of it was 
they would not sell structural components to a non-certified location, which almost ensured you the business coming in your door. Not to get on a soapbox, but I would encourage the other OEs that have certification programs to start entertaining that, that if we're going to invest in the equipment and invest in being a part of that program, then they're investing in us and guarding those cars to go into a certified facility and be able to get the repairs that the manufacturer dictates correcting after an accident. For the Tesla piece of things, we were right at the beginning of it in 2019 when they were rolling out and kind of on the forefront of it. And we got with our paint vendor, got some G mapping to see how many of those vehicles were garaged around our facility and then started making some calculations on okay, Tesla has a need in this zone. There's, you know, 1,700 of these cars within five miles of the shop. It seems like we've got some fish in a barrel here. And so we started to pursue that certification. And similar with the other manufacturers and dealerships, like for our Anaheim location, we have partnerships with the Ford dealership, a GM dealership, a Honda dealership, a Nissan dealership. And those were kind of a natural alignment with those OEs because we could offer that certified repair to a customer that brought their car in wrecked that's still under warranty and and cautious about who's going to touch it and where it's going to go. Got it. Thank you. That's some great information, Don. Jerry, can you share a little bit about the certifications that you currently have in your location and how you're addressing certifications now and for the future? Sure. We've been a Honda certified shop since I believe about 2015. And I was surprised to see there's only three in Minnesota today. We're at the FCA, Ford, Ford Aluminum, Hyundai, Kia, Nissan. We just completed GM uh, virtual inspection. I haven't got the results yet. I'm sure there's a couple deficiencies with a couple things we have out there right now that we're working on. The big one is Wi-Fi for visitors or guests when they come in. We're Midwest, so we're the truck country. So there's a lot of Ford, a lot of GM here. GM would be a really great feather in our hat being that there's two dealers in our community, which is only 49,000 people. It's hard with the staff to get them engaged in the fact of selling that you are a certified shop. So that's been a little bit of a challenge, but we're getting there to understand when someone calls in that they have a Honda, hey, we're certified. Another thing that we're finding is the employees, the technicians really enjoy taking the classes, which kind of amazed me because we used to fight with ICAR classes, but they're enjoying the OE classes which is really kind of helpful to us too, because they're understanding that with the training we're giving them, the equipment that they're getting, the inspections that are done on the equipments monthly to maintain them to the level that the OE expects from us, it's making a better workplace for them and it's making them better technicians. The referrals have been fantastic. The couple of dealers here in town all refer a great deal of work to us as well. The future, uh, I don't think we're going to look at many more at this point just because of our demographics and the population level we have. Possibly Subaru. Um, we are seeing an uptick of those vehicles in our market area, but I don't anticipate anything more once we get the GM. I think we'll be holding tight for a little bit. Great. It's interesting. Both you and Don mentioned the relationships with the dealers and how that drives the referrals back to you. And we'll talk a little bit more later about how the DRP programs and certifications is potentially going to affect volume either in the short term or long term. Can you give an idea of what the percentage you get from a dealership and what the relationship 
to the OE certification is? Honda is really big and so is the Kia. We fix an awful lot is referred from Kia. I would say probably 40% of the work that comes in is a direct referral from Kia, Hyundai, and Honda dealerships. Great. That's a great number. Yeah, it's pretty good. And Pat, can you share a little bit about your stores and what you're doing? So our Des Moines store is where we have all of our certifications and we currently have the Assured Performance Group, which is a total of about five. Chrysler makes it more than that. We also have Subaru, Honda, and Tesla. And I think we're going to be a little bit more strategic in our new store. There is a Ford dealership in town, and we're getting referrals from them right now, but we're not Ford certified. And so we're going to do some market research and pick out what certifications we want to get here in Port Orchard. And then moving forward in our Des Moines store, we might try GM. We don't want to take on too many certifications and not be able to stay up with each and every one of them. It's a great investment, both in manpower and in the money that you have to invest. We want to definitely stay ahead of what's happening and know what's coming in the future. But at the same time, are we going to be able to stay up with all of these programs and be able to staff for all these programs? So... Right now, we're really happy with where we are with regards to Tesla. We've been on it for about a year, and that's a major investment to train and also the equipment that you need, but it has paid off. CarStar came to us and said, hey, Tesla needs a shop in our location, in our area. And so we took a real hard look at it and decided, yeah, this is something we want to do because electrified cars are the future. Aluminum is the future, and we want to be a part of that. So we went ahead, dived in, and we are so happy that we did that because we are learning a lot. Our technicians are actually excited about it. They like learning and they also realize that, hey, this is the future. Gotcha. Yeah. You mentioned, Pat, a little bit about the investment. And I have two questions for you. One is, what has been the investment that you've made uh, from a cost perspective through the Tesla certification? And then what are you seeing as the return on that investment overall? With regards to the cost, we decided that even though we had the equipment that Tesla asked for in a frame machine and measuring device, we decided to go ahead and invest in the jig system. We just want to be exact. We want to be precise. We don't want to take any chances. And so that was definitely about $110,000. And then the investment into Tesla with all the equipment and training that we had to put forth, I think it was close to another 50 grand. With regards to the return on investment, I guess we have more Teslas right now than what we can keep up with. And so we know we're getting our return. Great. And Jerry, do you have any feedback on that with regard to investment and the return on that investment? Yeah. You know, the same way, as far as a dollar amount, I can't really give you one, but I can tell you that it's elevated our repair facility. It has attracted some employees to us, some good technicians to us, because they know that we are invested in the business and we're invested in them. Repair procedures have become a culture here. A technician doesn't look at the vehicle or start the repairs until they've briefly looked through the repair procedures. They're reading them constantly. We pre-print them out for them. So the estimator is aware as they're writing the estimate as well, what needs to be done. So the dollar amount that we've added for equipment has been well over that three and a half K amount. There's one item that we have never used that we had to buy. Otherwise, all the other equipment is used readily. 
you know, the investment is the elevation of our shop and the quality driven end of it. Yeah, I, I think that is great, especially when we talk about talent shortages and the ability to attract a tech because they know that you're investing in the business or want to get involved. You know, I just read recently that State Farm has added certifications onto their shop locator. Right. So it's going to become more of a front facing thing to the consumer and potentially education for those, especially the ones that have a higher dollar value car, or the higher end vehicles like the Mercedes or the BMW. They tend to look for the certification on those cars. So definitely some interesting things that are happening out there. And certainly it's great to see that you're seeing that return. And it sounds, Jerry, when you talk, it sounds like it is something that is important to the culture of your business, which as they say in business, everything starts there. So that's great to hear. Yeah. As Jerry and I approach our elderly years of retirement, we're there actually. It's satisfying to us because we know the culture is going to continue with the practices with our daughter. So it's a reassurance for us that our vision is staying put. Great. And your position as a shop in the community that's doing repairs right, I'm sure, continues on as well. So that's great. Um, Don, did you have anything else to share there? Uh, Similar thoughts to Jerry and Pat as far as the morale boost when your team see you reinvesting into the shop and and getting relevant. You know, I've got a lot of guys in one location that have been there 20 plus years. It was a little bit of an arm twist to get them to understand that, look, everybody's getting on the plane, everybody's taking off, and you can sit here and watch it fly away, or you can be on there and be part of this liftoff and... Once we got the buy-in from that, it's really been encouraging, you know, that startup equipment or freshening up the frame equipment and building out aluminum clean rooms and that kind of stuff is not cheap. Uh, I would say we're probably easily over a quarter million dollars in equipment and build out on that piece of it. But it also put these guys in a position where they're now relevant as opposed to somebody that was kind of waning in their skill set. One of the things that I went through with the technicians was you have this huge toolbox with a lifetime worth of collection of items in there. The next item you need to buy for your toolbox is a laptop because Jerry mentioned the repair procedures getting out to the technicians. They're equally invested in cross-referencing these things. And a lot of the always have handsome videos and color-coded things for the rivet replacements and, and how to remove components and a lot of things that are very high value to a technician in a stall working live on a car, as opposed to kind of filtering through us in the office, feeding them this information. So it, it's really put some people in some positions that I don't think that they ever really thought that they were going to do and kind of polished up their self-worth in some instances, I think, because it's they're getting more into being a specific type of surgeon as opposed to swinging hammers and, and spreading bondo. Yes, for sure. And I recently read a survey where it said that less than 50% of all shops have at least one OEM certification. Does that number surprise you guys? Or what are your thoughts there or, or thoughts for a shop that hasn't dived into the certification process as of yet? Anybody want to take that? I think they're going to get blown out. It's just one of those things where you have to be relevant. You know, the cars with that simplistic technology are now totals. It's really a mind warp to think about what we're dealing with and the capabilities of a self-driving vehicle that you're going to do structural replacement on and calibrate yourself and do all the dynamic relearning and all the things that go into these cars. And all of the manufacturers are coming out with 
all electrical vehicles and self-driving or assisted driving uh, features that you got to have yourself together or you're going to get left in the dust. Right. I would totally agree with that. I really believe that there's proactive people and reactive people. And I think the people that are reactive, it's going to be too late, too little because it's coming and it's coming fast. All these cars are going to be aluminum and electrified and if they don't get on the bandwagon soon, they will definitely be left behind because the consumer, they're educating themselves. The insurance companies are looking for that shop that wants to do a quality repair. So I'm surprised that there are not more shops that are going OE certifications. Especially when the OEs are looking at you know zero accidents, zero congestion, our industry is going to change. There's going to be less and less shops there because the work is going to be down anyway. So if you're not on the train, you're going to be missing it. Very good feedback. Let's talk a little bit about the intersection between insurance and DRP programs and OEM certification and how that's bringing more business to your door from the insurance side. Are you guys seeing that today or is it still really just kind of the dealership relationships? What's your current situation and what do you see as the overall outlook as far as referrals that are driven from the insurance DRP side? once you do get the OEM certifications? I think a lot of the insurance partners are looking for a friendly place to have a relationship. And there's, um, you know, that historical adversity between the shop and the, the insurance company and, and that with documentation and, and I'm trying to tread this one lightly because it's, you know, we don't want to bite the hand that feeds us. We want to make sure that we, serve the customer in the car and also, you know, document what needs to be done to the insurance company to ensure that we're compliant with that OE certification. Yeah, we struggle with it, especially, I'm going to use Nissan as an example. If you have a Nissan leased vehicle and it's leased from Nissan directly, you're not to put any aftermarket parts on those vehicles. If you return it and they notice that they are aftermarket, they will have the customer pay the difference. It's in the lease, and I've struggled with a few insurance companies. Fortunately, we've been able to price match it to get through that little bit of fighting on that end. So it's a delicate road to walk with some of the parts. The repair procedures are pretty well documented, so you really don't reach too many obstacles on that. The parts can be dicey sometimes, but that's about the only real struggle we have. Most of the insurance companies as well, once we f- they find out we're certified in a particular vehicle, they relax a little bit. And I did have actually one company call us recently that saw that we were certified and wanted to have us sign up for their direct repair program. It was interesting that that was one of their attracting things because they knew that we were being monitored by Ford and Honda. Great. And I do work with some of the insurers and some of their particular strategies. And more and more frequently, they are asking about the certifications that shops do have. You know, the footprint, I think previously was with regard to coverage. And now it seems to be leaning a little bit more towards coverage from a geographical perspective, but also coverage from an OE certification. And it seems to be leaning a little bit more. I mentioned again, State Farm adding OE certifications in their shop locator. And in a recent interview that I listened to, several other insurers were kind of going to follow suit with that. So I think it's going to become something that's a little bit more front-facing to the consumer. A A question that I have is with regard to certifications, ICAR, and other services like Verifax, 
Do you manage these together or are they viewed as a separate entity and purposes or how does that work within your shop? I think that we're seeing a migration right now with the Verifax piece of things as far as the boots on the ground inspections for Honda, and I'm sure it's going to parlay into other manufacturers. ICAR has, has seemed to straddle the fence pretty well with most of the manufacturers and helping them to de- develop their training programs and overlapping those with ICAR credit for the shop rating and individuals. But it's certainly something that brings value. I, I think the Verifax monthly visits keeps our people on their toes and also brings in some current stuff that's not just coming from their boss, so to speak, or you know, up here. It, it's an outside source coming in with a new perspective or potentially some kudos for them following what they're supposed to be doing on the repair. I think that there's a strong value in the Verifax piece of things, and in addition to the ICAR annual gold class certifications for the location and them marrying up with the OEs for assisting them with getting their training platforms pumped out there for us. And your comment specific to Verifax is somewhat outside of their training services as more as a validator for the OEM? Is that what you're referring to when you talk about that? Yeah, and they've been, I believe, if my memory serves me right, Ford utilized them for their recertification. Honda is transitioning away or with them, I can't remember, but they've been intricate in and coming out for some of those recertifications on the ground. And I think they're going to be part of a layer of that continual policing, so to speak, with looking at click rate on the OE sites and monthly inspection from a third party that okay, are these guys and girls doing what they're supposed to be doing on the ground or is this just polishing it up for an annual inspection? Um, So I think there's some good value to keeping the integrity there over the course of the business year. I I totally agree with Don there with regards to value. Verifax is just wonderful. And I remember when they first started coming into our shop, our guys were very defensive and weren't that receptive. And we had to sit them down and speak with them and let them know, hey, these guys are on our side. They are providing a great service. They have great information and we can all learn from this. So once we sat them down after they had visited us with a couple of times, our people embraced it and the information they bring is so valuable. So we just absolutely love Verifax. And then the other one is ICAR with regards to how they've kind of switched everything up. I was always a little uncomfortable with ICAR in the past because our guys work really hard all day long. Then they go to a class at a different location and then they're sitting in a classroom for a couple hours. And then after the class, they're taking a test. And by the time they get done, I mean, they're just wiped out from a hard day's work. So I was so happy when ICAR switched to 90% online. And now they can take these classes and learn at their pace. And I think it's way more valuable. So I think both of those need to stay relevant to our industry. And I think they will. Great. Uh, we're getting close to the end here. And I wanted to see if you guys had any final thoughts with regard to what's affecting you in the industry, how it may play to the OEM certifications, things that are affecting your business. Did you have any closing thoughts at all? I really wish that with all of this going on with the certifications and the new vehicles that we're fixing today, that the KPIs would come in line with the new cars, not 20-year-old cars that we're being engaged on and actual the time it takes to repair some of those. 
that would, I think, would be the next step maybe with our insurance partners to do. Yeah, I think that's a great point specific to the KPIs. We run into that quite a bit, right? A shop fixes a lot of high-end vehicles or a lot of electric vehicles, and that's driving up some of the KPIs and them being kind of meshed in the reporting aspect. It really is driving a bad number which then starts hurting the referral process on the DRP side. I know we've had some discussions with some of the data providers on that, and then certainly some of the insurance companies and how they might be able to segment that business from the older vehicles to make sure that everything's in line, right? So if you're fixing a Tesla, it's matched against what a Tesla's cost of repair or certainly length of repair. So it's definitely an interesting dynamic. And I agree with you, Jerry, that that's something that needs to be tackled here in the short term. Pat, any thoughts as well? I think that I'd like to just add to any listeners out there that are not certified that they really need to take a hard look at it because it's the future. And if they don't want to be left behind, they really need to take a hard look and get on board. I can't stress that enough. For us, we are just going to keep educating ourselves, keep looking to the future, try to stay ahead of the curve so that we're not surprised by anything. And I think gathering up all the information that we can so we can just stay out front. Thank you. And Don, you can wrap it up for us. I would uh, like to second Jerry's motion on the KPIs for specific vehicles. It is a different world than we're living in when some of these programs were incepted. And I think that there's some consideration being given, but it's also some further thought needs to go into that. And I would say to Pat's point for somebody looking to get into an OEM certification, do your research, be specific on which certifications are going to bring value to you because, you know, you can invest this training and put yourself out of business because you're not getting any cars out of it. It is a culture change that your shop will experience, but I believe as Jerry said and Pat, it's an encouraging culture change and it needs to be embraced to stay relevant in what we're doing. It's certainly the wave of the future and also the wave of the now. That's for sure. Very good. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate your participation. Your feedback has been great and hope that your businesses continue to strive and you guys continue to lead the pack. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Collision Buzz podcast. Please stay tuned for new episodes to come.